0: Good morning, everyone. Good to have you here this morning we're going to start off a little bit different this morning um, i've got uh, I've got Isaac up here Good to have you Isaac yeah, yeah. and uh, we're, first of all just uh, if you can make some space as as people come in make sure that we've got lots of room so you we'll, If you got a chair or two between you, if you can kind of squish one way or the other, that would be great, so we make sure that we have room. Yeah, and the front row is always open, right? That's right, Peter. So I'd like just to welcome you here. If you are here for the first time, my name is Scott Hemingway. I'm one of the pastors here, and we are so glad that you are with us this morning. Uh, We also have someone else that is here. They are not visiting anymore. Uh, that, That is the Bruin family. Where are you? Simon and family. Simon's back there. Where's your, where's your lovely wife and children? Back here? Great. No children. Okay, they didn't bring their children with them. Oh, there they are over there. Okay. All right. They're all together. That's fantastic. Well, we're happy to have you here this morning. And this is kind of, you know how you do soft starts? This is a soft start for, for the, the Bruin family here. Uh, Simon officially starts at the end of the month, but he's here this morning, going to preach a message. We're excited about that, and it's so glad that you are here as well. We're, uh, we're going to do, do three-ish things, all right? So,
1: hey, buddy, oh,
0: hey. three-ish things.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. So... Guys, did you know that starting tomorrow, we are having crafts and coffee here at the church? Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I'm practicing, except I'm kind of not allowed because it's only for women. But it's okay. <laughs> it's, it's okay. Oh. It's okay. It's whatever. It's whatever. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's okay. But from... Uh, 1 to 3.30 here at the church. Bring your crafts. There will be coffee. Um, and you guys will just have, be able to have fellowship with each other.
0: Right. So what kind of crafts are we talking about?
1: We're talking about knitting. We're talking about drawing. We're talking about painting. We're talking about quilting. We're talking about wood sculptures, if you would like to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anything right. creative.
0: Anything Anything that says craft-ish?
1: Yes. yes. Bring. Yes. Anything that right. demonstrates creativity. Okay.
0: Super. And if you want to know more information, Marita, where are you, Marita? There you are. Come and join you. There you go. <laughs> Super. Hey, next announcement that we want to give is about Easter. And with Easter, we will have all of our information out next week. We just want to give you the heads up now. So i got a little bit of a graphic, and I'm just going to run through for our Easter weekend. We're going to have a, a do our Good Friday service. This year, we're going to join with the community at the Canadian Reformed Church down the road, and that's gonna be at 10 o'clock for Good Friday. Uh, And then we're also going to do the hike up, uh, or see this is uh, Good Friday, hike up the mountain, and uh, Chuck's gonna lead that, and that's at one o'clock. So how many have done the hike up the mountain before up to Halem? Great, fantastic. (laughs) So, it's a, it's a wonderful walk. Our first Sunday, our first Easter here, we, we went and did it with Chuck and group, and we really loved it. So, uh, that's happening. The other thing that's happening is we're doing a sunrise service uh, out at Cow Bay. And last year, we did some baptisms. We're looking for anybody that's saying, you know, I haven't been baptized yet. I'd like to get baptized. You should come on out, it'll be a great time. But regardless of whether we have a Baptist or not, we're still going to have a sunrise service, and that should be lovely. Also on the, that weekend, we're going, we will be doing two services, Easter services. So one at, get a, see if I can get this right, 9 o'clock, and then one at 11 o'clock. And in between, we're going to do a pancake breakfast. So come, come for that and be part of that. Uh, we'll let you know when we're going to have all of our children's Uh, service uh, stuff there for which service. It won't be at both. It'll be one or the other that we'll have have our kids on at one or the other. Um, So we'll let you know that next week. So it's going to be a great weekend. Hopefully you will come and be part of it. Uh, Sad news. Sad news. Uh, Sad news is that Watoto is not going to come. Yeah, They were trying to get their visas. Visas were delayed. The time they got their visas, they couldn't get flights, and so they won't be coming. Um, so those of you who volunteered to take in the children, thank you very much. Hopefully we'll get another opportunity, so save that space for another opportunity down the road. Well, that is our three-ish things that I have for this morning. Probably took way too long, didn't I? Yeah, we're all right. Let me Let me pray. Uh, Lord Jesus, thank you for this day that you have given to us. We are blessed. We are blessed by your presence with us. Thank you, Father, for those that are here today. Maybe some came this morning and it was very hard to come, but they are here. And may they know your love. And may we be aware of how you would use us today, Lord, for the people around us. May we lift your name on high. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.
3: My name's Alana. If you don't know me, I am one of the pastors here. It's great to see you all um, and hear you all worshiping this morning. It's wonderful. We uh, do this thing. If you're new with us, you might not know we do this thing. We call it Community Story, where we just talk to somebody who's part of our church community. We get to know them a little bit, hear about their journey with Jesus, and hopefully encourage you along the way. So this morning, I am here with Autumn. Autumn. And Autumn is one of our Cape and Ray students. So welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Uh, Cape and Ray, if you don't know, it's... uh, What do we... Is it a Bible school? Is that what we call it? Bible school? Thank you. They're all nodding at me. (laughs) Out on Thetis Island. And uh, so we get students that come and they join us during the school year. And um, so, yeah, Autumn is one of those. They're here for just a few more weeks. I think Easter is your last one, isn't it? Uh, Great. So we're going to get to know Autumn a little bit more. So, Autumn, why don't we start with just... Who are you, where are you from, and how did you come to be on Vancouver Island?
4: Okay, um, so hi, everyone. I'm Autumn Greer. Um, I'm from a little town uh, called Listwell in Ontario. Um, So I came to Cape and Ray. It was kind of a funny story. Anyways, it's really long. Um, So I'll try and shorten it. Um, So basically, um, I was planning to move to Calgary, Alberta, um, just for work. Um, I did my first year of nursing, so I was looking to pursue... um, something. And like, I wanted to get to know God, I just didn't really know where to go. Um, And someone actually recommended Cape and Ray to me, Um, I applied and I got in. So that's kind of the short story of how I got to Cape and Ray. Um, So it's been a really good experience so far, just getting to learn um, with other believers my age, who God is, and like, just how uh, the Christian walk is a relationship. It's not a religion. So
3: yeah, it's great. And so just a few days, you're telling me a few days being on the island, and you ran into somebody in Nanaimo, had a really cool experience. Share that one with us.
4: Okay, so I was with my foster dad, um, and we were actually eating at the lighthouse in Nanaimo, which is amazing, by the way. Anyways, um, so we were uh, walking down the pier, and we actually just got ice cream, and there was a man that was playing a violin, um, and I was like, oh, that's so cool. Like, so I went up, and we were just talking for a little bit, and then we went back, and then I was sitting down on the bench, and I told my foster dad, John, I'm like, I feel like we need to pray over this man. Like, I just got that, like, feeling, and I was like, okay, we'll do that my foster dad was like yes autumn let's go so I went over um and we just started talking with him his name was actually John as well and yeah it was just a really good experience he's like yeah like I'm a Christian as well and like I've really been struggling like I like oh that's so crazy that you just came up and prayed for me and I was like well like it's not really a coincidence like (laughs) nothing is coincidence so it was just yeah it was really cool just praying over that man and just yeah encouraging him
3: was really cool. (laughs) That's, that's great. If you've ever had that experience, that nudging from the Holy Spirit, it can be both terrifying, but also so rewarding, right? Um, Good. So you had that and then you get to Cape and Ray and you find out that you have all these kind of different ministry opportunities to engage in. And where did that take you?
4: Um, so, like, I had a few conversations with a few people just about, like, what happened in Nanaimo and with that guy and praying over him, and they're like, oh, Duncan Street, evangelism, hmm, and I'm like, oh, man, I'm like, I am really shy, I'm not the type of person whatsoever to go up and pray over people, I'm like, mm, no, but anyways, I just really, like, the day of the sign-up, I was like, okay, like, I just prayed, and I'm like, I just feel that feeling, and I'm like, oh. I really don't want to, but I did it anyways. And I got in, um, there's four, no, five students that are part of the core team. I'm one of them. So we go out, um, the last Friday of every month. Um, we're partnered kind of with Duncan Pentecostal and we go out and yeah, we just hand out care bags and just show God's love. Like it's been so crazy. Just the experiences we've had with people. Um, and I've just noticed how God's really like made me sensitive to those people and just like seeing them and just like looking at them through the heart of God and just, it's so powerful. Just like, yeah, the experience.
3: Yeah. yeah. That's great. And so I don't know, maybe you answered it already. What is, what's something that God's really been teaching you through that ministry?
4: I'd say it's definitely been like just listening to him and like, the act of obedience. Um, Yeah, for so long, like I grew up in a Christian home and like I knew like all the right things to do. And I just, yeah, I've just really noticed like how God's really like urged me to have that, like listening to his voice and just acting in obedience to what he wants. It's not about what I want, it's about what he wants and I'm just a vessel. So just becoming aware of that has been a huge theme
3: of this year for me. That's great. And so what is next? Because Cape Marie typically is one year, sometimes two. So what's next for Autumn?
4: (laughs) I don't really know as of right now. (laughs) There's a few options. Um, I actually got accepted to Trinity Western um, for a BA in psychology. So we'll see if that's an open door. Um, There's a few other options that I've been thinking about, but we'll
3: see where the Lord leads, I guess. (laughs) That's wonderful. Good, so we do this fun little thing at the end of our interviews, five rapid questions. Help us get to know Autumn better. Um, They're kind of yes or no or one word answers. If you have any questions for her after about why she answered something the way she did, please feel free to find her and ask her questions. Okay, you ready? Sure. Sushi or subs? Subs. Sunshine or snow? Sunshine. Ontario
4: or B.C.? B.C., nice. hands yeah. down, <laughs> <laughs> hands down.
3: Good. Uh, Coke or Pepsi? Mm, Coke. Okay. And last one, would you rather jump in a lake or jump in a hot tub? <laughs> jump in a lake. Okay. Well yeah. done. Thank you for sharing your story. It's <laughs> great to hear what God's doing. Amen.
2: I'm just gonna read the scripture that Simon will be sharing from this morning. So if you have your Bibles, and I believe it's also behind us, so it's Matthew 17, and it's the story of the Transfiguration. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then... There appeared before them Moses, Elijah, and talking with Jesus. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud enveloped them, and a voice from the cloud said, this is my son, whom I love. With him I'm well pleased listen to him when the disciples heard this they fell face down to the ground terrified but jesus came and touched them, and said get up don't be afraid when they looked up they saw no one except jesus as they were coming down the mountain jesus instructed them don't tell anyone what you have seen until the son of man has been raised from the dead the disciples asked him why didn't you the teachers of the law say that Elijah must come first. And Jesus replied, to be sure Elijah comes and will restore all things. But I tell you, Elijah has already come and they did not recognize him, but have come to him, have done to him everything they wished. And in the same way, the son of man is going to suffer at their hands. Then disciples understood that he was talking to them about John the Baptist.
5: Well, good morning everybody. It is absolutely wonderful and delightful to be with, with you all this morning. It's been 3 months that we've been we've been waiting and preparing to come here with you and um we're here. Praise God. Thank you. We um, we want to say thank you. We want to say thank you. Before I start my message this morning, I want to say thank you. I want to thank um, so many people. I'm not going to mention names, uh, but we have been made to feel so welcome here in the Valley and in our, our home, uh, leading up to and arriving here. Um, and so a huge thank you. We've, we've left our, our home back in the UK. You know, we've left uh, our friends our family, we've left our, our home that we, you know, we loved our home. We, we left our, our house. We left a good church that we, you know, we were, we were settled in. And, and yet, you've made us feel um, so welcome here. The transition has been smooth, and we're so excited to be here. We're so thrilled. We're raring to start. I don't start work for another couple of weeks. But you've made us feel so welcome. Uh, the house that we're living in has been filled with food in the freezer. There was a car in the drive for us to drive temporarily. We literally arrived uh, on Wednesday, I think, um, with our suitcases and some dogs, and that was it. That's all we had. And you've, you know, you've given us. Pot plants in our home, and um, beds, uh, sheets on our beds, and food in our freezer. So it was, we've, it was amazing. Pot plant. Pot plant. Pot pot. Potted plants. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor, thank you. I think there might be some of them. I don't know. In, in the loft, I. We'll find them. It's legal, right? (laughs) (laughs) We're gonna get a lot of that. I got, yeah, steep learning curve. (laughs) By the grace of God, you've been kind. (laughs) And so, yeah, culturally, it's so different. so different. (laughs) We we walked into the uh, Walmart, uh, and you know what what bread do you buy? You know it's different, different bread, um, different uh, laundry detergent. You know we don't have you don't have non biological detergent here, uh, and so we've we've got you've helped us settle in, and we feel so at home already. So thank you. And if I do say little um, you know mistakes like that, then. Um, just correct me, Trevor. Is that OK? Yeah, well. It might take me a year or two. But uh, seriously, uh, uh, no, we, it is new. Uh, we, you have four faces to, 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 to know. We, we have so many names to, to get to know. Uh, and, but we hope to visit everybody. We hope to get to know you and to start life with you. And we're really excited and thrilled to be here. So from the bottom of our hearts, thank you for everything. Um, but if you've got your Bibles, let's turn to our passage this morning. We're going to be looking at Matthew 17. And we're looking at the journey, the journey to Jerusalem. And Scott shared the message last week. He kicked us off with this. And as we head towards Easter, we're going to be looking at different events that Jesus followed leading up to uh, the, 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 the cross in Jerusalem. But we arrived the other day, and Andy, Thomas, and I, we, we had a, a hike up uh, Maple Mountain. And they, that's us there. Um, there's, there's, there's Andy. And uh, we, you live in such a wonderful, beautiful valley. And the, on the next slide here, that's, that's the valley. <clears throat> and I was up there on top of Maple Mountain and it was so spectacular. And for us, it's, it's new. And I was on top of that mountain, and I didn't want to go. And the sun was setting, and the sky was just an array of reds and oranges and yellows. And I just thought, God is good. And I sat down, I perched myself on a, on a rock, and I, I, I didn't want to go. I was anchored there. And Andy was like, come on, we've got to go. We've got to go. It's going to get dark soon. There could be bears roaming around. They like English meat, you know. <laughs> and so we had to go. We had to feed the kids. And we had to sort out things. I didn't want to leave. I wanted to, I wanted to stay there. And yet, Andy says, come on, we've got to go. So we did. So we walked down the mountain. And the story this morning is a story of... Um, A mountaintop experience the transfiguration of Jesus Christ. And within this passage that Ralph read to us this morning, we get to see the glory of Jesus Christ revealed to us. And so my first point this morning is this. I want to talk about the glory of Jesus Christ. Verse 17, verse 1, it says, After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, the brothers of James, and led them up to the mountaintop themselves. Now, the interesting thing about this passage is that the, the, all the synoptic authors, that is Matthew, Mark, and, and Luke, they, they, they write the same story. And in Luke's version of Luke chapter 9, it says here that they went up to this mountaintop to pray. And so you got Jesus... You've got Peter, James and John, they go up the mountaintop and they, they, they want a time of prayer together. How important is it to have time of prayer together? And it says after six days, they go up the mountaintop to pray. Well, in true New Testament fashion, six, what, six days, six days of what? After six days, well, six, after six days of the previous passage, and the previous passage in Matthew, if you've got your Bibles, is the, the Caesarea Philippi Confession that Scott looked at last week. And so in the Caesarea Philippi Confessions, you see Peter, the disciple of, of Jesus, declaring. Jesus says, who, who do people say I am? And Peter says, you are the Christ. You are the Messiah, the Son of God. And Jesus for the first time, predicts he's gonna die. Predicts that he's gonna have to die for us as Megan shared with us this morning. So six days previous to them going up the mountain, we have Peter declaring that Jesus is God. Jesus predicts his death. And then we land in this passage in chapter 17 of the glory of Christ being revealed to us. We get a glimpse of the glory of Jesus Christ. And all of the authors in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they all start with this passage of the the confession of Christ And of Peter, and then this transfiguration. Like some sort of convergence of, you know, we're getting a a real revelation of who Jesus Christ is. And so that's where we are this morning. And it would seem that these authors, they want us to know who Jesus Christ is. They're painting a picture for us to understand. You see, the God that we know determines the Christians that we become. If you don't know who Jesus Christ truly is in your life, then you'll never really be able to become like him. And so we see in this passage, the two come together. It's important for us to understand that. So after six days of those confessions, Jesus takes the disciples up the mountain. But it's, they want us to know a bit further and we get a glimpse of this, the glory of Jesus Christ. So for example, in verse 28 of chapter 16, it says, Jesus says this, I tell you the truth, some of you who are standing here will not taste death before they see the man coming into, the son of man coming into his kingdom. Jesus is predicting that sooner or later, very soon, he's gonna go into glory. That he says coming, coming, he's, he's gonna die on the cross and he's gonna go into glory. And then in verse 27, it says, for the son of man is going to come in his father's glory with his angels, and then he will be rewarded. He will reward each person according to what he has done. Luke goes a little bit further in his passage, and he says in, the, in, in chapter, uh, the, the Caesarea Philippi confessions, it says that when Christ comes again, In his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the angels. So Luke is kind of elevating Christ a little bit more than Matthew. And then he goes on in verse 32. He says, Peter and his companions were very sleepy, but when they became fully awake, they saw the glory of Jesus Christ. Are you getting a bit of a glimpse of what the authors want us to to capture here? They want us to understand the glory of Jesus Christ. And the word glory is an interesting word. In the New Testament, the word in Greek is doxa, which in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew, is kavod. Now, interestingly, The Greek version of the Old Testament, the Septuagint, Delixex, uses doxa for the Hebrew word kavod. So we're able to get a bit of an understanding of what glory means when we look into the Old Testament. And so when we dig a little bit deeper in the Old Testament, we can get a bit of a sense of the word glory and understand what it means. So for example... When we understand the glory, we get to see the, 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 the great deeds and acts of God himself. And I've got, um, in Psalm 96, verse 3, it says this. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds amongst all of the people. And God has done some great deeds, hasn't he? When Julian was praying there, she was talking about when we look out into creation itself. When we look up to the mountains, the heavens declare the glory of God. What a wonderful passage. Thank you, Julian, for leading us into that time of prayer. But when we look at the Old Testament, there are other examples of God's glory being revealed. For example, Exodus 16 verse 10. When Aaron was speaking to the whole Israelite community, they looked towards the desert and there was the glory of God, the Lord appearing in a cloud. So the people have left Egypt and they're in the desert. They're grumbling. There's no food. You know, we were better off in Egypt. Where's God in all of this? And God says, I'm going to give them manna every day to eat. And at that moment, Aaron's gathering everybody together to explain what's going on. And, and, and the glory of God, this cloud of glory comes down with Moses. And everybody's in awe of the cloud and they're like, wow, God is amongst us. The glory of God is here. The presence of God is here. Or another example of the word being used of glory in the Old Testament is when Moses uh, builds the, the tabernacle. And at the end of the tabernacle being built, the glory of God sits down. Next it is 40, 34. The cloud covered, you know, the glory cloud, the, the Shekinah cloud, covered the tent of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses could not enter the tent because the cloud had settled on it. And the glory of the Lord filled the temple. This is, this is, the, this is what the, uh, the authors in the New Testament want to want us to get to understand so when they wrote it the original readers would have understood this of, of Jesus Christ the same glory that is described in the old testament is being used in the new testament of Jesus and yet when Christ came as a human the second person of the trinity came to earth he put aside that glory and he was just walking around like a humble rabbi just walking and eating and teaching in a couple of weeks time during holy week every day we're going to post a video online looking at the upper room discourse and when christ is in the upper room with his disciples leading just you know just moments before him him being arrested Jesus Christ, what does he do? He washes the disciples' feet. He lays aside the glory of heaven and he he humbles himself and washes the feet of the disciples. Alicia was preaching a couple of weeks ago about the grief that Jesus Christ went through for us. It doesn't sound very glorious, does it? Washing feet or going through a time of grief. And yet Jesus laid all that aside to come to earth, to live a life of us, to understand what we go through, to die on that cross for us, for me. And in this passage, just bursting forth, we get a glimpse of the true glory of Jesus Christ in this transfiguration. And so over the coming weeks, leading to Easter, each week, we're going to get a more, just a build a picture of the revelation of who Jesus Christ truly is. It continues on. It says here, they go up the mountain after six days. There he was transfigured before them and his face shone like the sun and his clothes became white as light. The word transfigured here, it's not really a word we use in our English language, is it? Transfigured. But the original word is Um, metamorpho, that's the word, that's the Greek, which is where we get metamorphosis, like a caterpillar into a butterfly. We live in such a beautiful part of the world. I say we, you know, it sounds so strange, we. This is my home now. We live in such a beautiful part of the world. When we got picked up from Vancouver, we went on the ferry And we go through all the little cluster of islands. And it's like, wow. It's just like mind-blowingly beautiful. It's like the Garden of Eden that we're living in right now. When I look at creation, this ugly little caterpillar turned into a beautiful butterfly. And we go through the islands or we see, we went up Stony Hill. Is that right, Stony Hill? Am I saying that right? And there's this bluff that we were just standing on. And this eagle just just flew past us. And then Mama Eagle came along. Wow. Beautiful. Creation is good. And yet, what the disciples witnessed of the transfiguration of Jesus Christ, this metamorphosis, would have been more splendid and glorious and majestic than anything else we could possibly see here on earth because we're getting a glimpse of the glory of God. We're getting a glimpse of the glory to come for all eternity. And the disciples, the the authors are writing this in our scriptures for us to read and for us to revel in and think, wow, God is good. And his face, it says here, shone like the sun and his clothes became white as light. These disciples who are with Jesus are getting a true glimpse of this glory of Christ. And Jesus' glory is not just a, simply a reflected glory. No, we are to reflect the glory of God. That's our job. Our job is to be reflections of, of the glory of God. 1 Corinthians ten thirty one. Tells us, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Everything that we do should be for the glory of God. When we go to work, when we come to church, when we serve, it's for the glory of God. When we speak to each other. We've come in here this morning, my wife and I said, we feel so at home already. We're so nice with each other. I hope it continues, right? Right? <laughs> I've got I've got the best job in the world. There's no no arguing. Or, amenosity. When we when we talk to each other, we do it for the glory of God. Or oh, we're supposed to at least, right? Or oh, when Moses met with God in the tent of meeting, and he'd come out, and he'd been in the presence of God, and he'd come out the tent, and he'd he would be he would reflect the glory of God so much that he would have to veil his face. And the only example I can think of in my life where I really, truly reflected the glory of God was when I first became a Christian. I was later coming to Christ. I was in my early 20s when I became a Christian, but I was filled with the Holy Spirit when I I, I came to Christ. There there in that moment, I was filled with this Holy Spirit. And I went to work. It was a Sunday um, evening. I went to work at 12 hours later. I was at work the next day, and everybody's like, whoa. What's happened to you over the weekend? I'm like, I've discovered God. I've discovered Christ in my life. And they could see the glory of God in me just radiating. I I wasn't doing anything. They could just see the presence of God flowing through me. And that faded with time. Yeah, we're called to reflect the glory of God. Jesus Christ is not reflecting the glory of God. The glory of God is coming Out of Christ because he is God. And if I ended the story there, it would be an amazing story and be like, wow, isn't Jesus good? But it doesn't end there. It continues to be fantastic because do you know what? Jesus is being prepared by second point for Jerusalem. You see here, it says, just then. There appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus Christ. Moses and Elijah appear with Christ. These are two of the Old Testament prophets. Moses represented the law and the Old Covenant. And Elijah represented the prophets who foretold the coming of the Messiah. And so with Moses and Elijah appearing What we get here is that uh, they are confirming the mission of Jesus Christ on earth. Jesus Christ is there to fulfill the Old Testament and he's there to fulfill the the message of the prophets. I'm here and I'm going to bring in something new. And Moses and Elijah are encouraging Christ to go to Jerusalem. They're talking with Jesus. What are they talking about? Well Matthew doesn't mention it. But if you go back to Luke. It says Luke chapter 9 verse 31. They appeared in glorious splendor talking with Jesus. And they spoke about his departure. Which he was about to bring to fulfillment in Jerusalem. So Moses and Elijah are sat there on top of the mountaintop in all this glory and they're encouraging Jesus Christ to go off the mountaintop into the valley to the cross to prepare him for what is lying ahead on that Easter weekend. Even Jesus Christ needs encouraging to go through and what he's about to do. Jesus Christ is about to die to take upon all of our sins upon himself. I don't think we could ever understand how difficult that would have been. It was so difficult that Moses and Elijah go down there and I'm convinced they were encouraging him to go and fulfill what he was called to do here on earth. He was called to get off the mountaintop into the valleys Which is encouraging in many ways because if Jesus Christ needs encouraging, then so do we. It's okay when we're scared, it's okay when we're worried. There are times when I don't want to get into the valley. I'm comfortable sometimes. It's okay when we struggle to get out of our comfort zones. If Jesus needs encouraging, then it's okay for us. That's my job. My job as a pastor is to encourage us all to get off the mountaintop sometimes and get into the valley. And that's my third point. We're not called to be on the mountaintop. We're called to go into the valley. What's Peter's response to all of this? I love it. Isn't Peter a wonderful character in the Bible? Peter said to Jesus, all of this is going on. Jesus is in his glory. Moses and Elijah are there. They're encouraging him to go to the cross. And what does Peter say to Jesus? Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Which is great. The shelter is the word there is uh, tabernacle. Little shelters. Uh, it's what they would put up in the Feast of Tabernacles uh, or you know, the uh, Sukkot. I don't know who's going up uh, to Mount Suheilam on is it Good Friday? When we go, uh, I, I'm there. I'm I, I'm there. You know, come and join me. Um, we're gonna go up the mountain and we Chuck. Is it? It's, where's Chuck? Downstairs. Our kid's on. okay. Go and see Chuck. Chuck's going to go through the different feasts that the, the, uh, they would have had in the Old Testament uh, as we are walking up to the mountaintop. And go there. I think it's fascinating. We, Moses, um, Peter wanted to put up this little shelter. And it's where the Feast of Tabernacles, you put up these little shelters uh, and you celebrate and the, the coming of the Messiah for a whole week. Peter doesn't want to leave the mountaintop, he wants to stay there. He wants to stay in the glory. He wants to stay in the presence of Jesus Christ. But we're not called to stay on the mountaintop, we're called to go into the valleys. Peter's saying, Let's not leave, let's dwell here for a little while. This is a lovely little poem. Call, it's in the valleys that I grow. And it goes like this. Sometimes life seems hard to bear, full of sorrow, trouble, and war. It's then that I have to remember, it's in the valleys that I grow. If I always stayed on the mountaintop and never experienced pain, I would never appreciate God's love and would be living in vain. I have so much to learn and my growth is very slow. Sometimes I need the mountaintops, but it's in the valleys that I grow. I do not always understand why things happen as they do, but I'm very sure of one thing. My Lord will see me through. My little valleys are nothing when I picture Christ on the cross. He went through the valley of death. His victory was Satan's loss. Forgive me, Lord, for complaining when I'm feeling very low. Just give me a gentle reminder that it's the valleys that I grow. Continue to strengthen me, Lord, and use my life each day to share your love with others and help them find their way. Thank you for the valleys, Lord. For this one thing I know, the mountaintops are glorious, but it's the valleys that I grow. Isn't that wonderful? You see, it's so easy for us to want to stay on top of the mountaintop. I love worship. This morning, I loved the worship here. This morning, Megan was leading us in worship, and we've got a great band. The last time I came, Phil was leading worship. And it's so good. I love to worship God. But what makes prayer and worship so wonderful is the object of our prayer and worship. When we're in a room and it's just me and God and I'm able to pray together, there's nothing more special than that. I love talking with God on the morning, starting my morning together, just me and him one-on-one. Or when I'm reading the scripture and I just think, I feel so close with God. I love worshipping in a big group. I'm excited for some of the worship events that we're going to be doing together. In my life, I don't want to just talk about God, but I want to experience God in all things. And we see here that the presence of God comes down on the mountain. It says um, here, while they were still speaking, a bright cloud enveloped them and a voice from the cloud said, this is my son whom I love. With Well, I am well pleased. Listen to him. The presence of God comes upon them. And isn't that wonderful when we're just worshiping God and we can feel the presence of God? There's nothing more special than that. And we see other examples in the Bible of when the presence of God comes down upon the people. Exodus 19, 16 to 19. We see that Moses you know, he brings the people of God to the mountain, and the presence of God comes down in the mountain, and everybody's just standing around, they're not allowed to go onto the mountain, but standing at the bottom, and they're all just in awe and wonder of God and think, "Wow, wow, God is meeting with Moses right now, and I'm here, and God is there." And they're all just like face down worshiping Him. Or we see in Exodus 33. 17, when, when, when Moses would go to the tent of meeting. And it says that when Moses was there and God came down on the tent of meeting outside of the camp, everybody would stand at their doorway. They would stop what they're doing and they would just look at the presence of God and they would just be in just be worshiping God. Isn't it wonderful when we can just worship and the God, we feel God and we feel so close and we're on top of that mountaintop. But we can't stay there. It's in the valleys that we grow and it's in the valleys that we're called to. There's a picture of the valley. Just here. That's our mission field. It's so easy living in a valley to be able to preach because... You know, we're, we're called to the valleys. We grow when somebody comes into the church and disturbs what we're doing because they need a food parcel. It's so easy to oh, just to close the door, or somebody else is here disturbing my whatever I'm doing. But it's then that we grow. We grow when there's a problem in our community. And we've got to roll our sleeves up and get involved and be advocates for Christ. We grow when there's an asylum seeker coming in saying, I need help. Can you be an advocate for me? And we've got to take time out and go to the local government and, and do the paperwork or whatever. We grow when there's problems and challenges in our lives that cross our path. And the only way we can really address these is when we get down on our knees and we just pray to God. We grow when the snow comes. I'm told it snows, right? In the valley. <laughs> and we've got to shovel the snow on our drive. But then perhaps we have an elderly next door neighbor. And we shovel the snow of their drive too. We grow when we, we can share the life transforming presence of Jesus Christ. In somebody else's life. It's wonderful to be on the mountaintop. In the glory of Jesus. But it's the valley that we grow. But we don't have to worry because we don't do it in our own strength. We have Christ in us, empowering us to keep going. The presence of God came on the mountain and He said to the people, This is my Son, whom I love. With Him I am well pleased. Listen to Him. Are we listening? to Christ in our lives today. The ability to follow Jesus comes from the confidence that we have in who he is. We get a picture of the glory of Jesus Christ. We get a picture, we get this this, this glimpse of the glory of Christ. And it is this Christ that empowers us to keep on going. Remember, the God that we know determines the Christians that we become do we know who Jesus Christ is in our lives today? You see, simply knowing Christ and putting our trust in him is only half of the gospel. You see, we can know Christ, but Christ lives in us and empowers us for the journey ahead. Major Ian Thomas would often say, to be in Christ makes us fit for heaven. But when Christ is in us, We are fit for earth. His hands and feet. A two-legged gospel. Like a pen needs ink and a car needs fuel. As Christians, we need the life-transforming presence of Jesus Christ in us to empower us. Hey, it's okay to be nervous, to be worried. Because we're human. But it, it is Christ in us that empowers us to go into the valley to care and to love and to serve. We are his ambassadors on earth. The church in action is seeing God's people in the right place at the right time, sharing the love of Jesus Christ all around. Just like the teenagers and the youth are doing right now in Guatemala. I got to see them go on Friday afternoon and I don't even know them and I was so proud of them just going and serving and sharing the gospel of Christ, impacting other people's lives. And because they share, they got it the right way around because they're sharing the love of Jesus, they're going to grow. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior? Do you have the life of Christ in you today? If you do not know the glorious Jesus Christ in your life, then come and see one of the elders And they will pray with you today. Put your trust in Christ. There is no other way. The more we get to know Jesus, the more we will want to reach out, you know, on that mountaintop and have the experience on the mountain, the more we want to spend time with God and with Christ. But the more we want to go and share his life-transforming presence with others around We want to get from the mountain into the valley and to reflect his glory. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your encouragement that when we read your scriptures, we get to see how wonderful and splendid you are. We thank you for this passage where your glory is revealed to us. And we know, we get a big, a, a picture of, of who Christ is. I pray this morning that when we leave here, we can just revel and, and rejoice that we have this wonderful Jesus Christ in our lives today. But I pray, Lord Heavenly Father, that we don't just... We don't just dwell on the mountaintop. But with your power in us, your life presence within us, I pray, Lord, Heavenly Father, that we can also be ambassadors for you, working and serving in your power. Help us to get to know you more, Lord. But I, Heavenly Father, I pray that you empower each and every one of us to keep serving and loving you in so many ways. We thank you that we've been saved. But we thank you that we are your ambassadors here within the valley and beyond too. We pray these things in your glorious name. Amen.